0: Welcome to the Chicago Association of Realtors Young Professionals Podcast, where leaders from our Young Professionals Network talk real estate and break down business building with local experts. All right. Welcome back, everyone. Today uh, with us, we have Mike Opit and uh, Tyrone Green. Um, we are going to be focusing on the importance of agents creating brand identity in consumers and congested minds. Um, so really, this is going to be a conversation about brand building and what agents can do to stand out. Uh, with us, Mike is a principal and owner and real estate broker at Remax Next and has been in the business since 2008. Uh, as recently as 2017, Mike opened up Remax Next and has been focusing on helping his team over 40 agents ever since. Mike, thanks again for uh,
1: being a part of this. How you doing? Great, Quentin. Thanks for having me on board, man. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, Tyrone, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. What's going on, Quentin? Hey, what's going on, Mike?
0: Hey, Tyrone. Cool. Um, So why don't we just go and get uh, right into the middle of everything. Mike, why don't you tell us a little about yourself, how long you've been in the business? When did you get started and what sort of made you choose this career path?
1: Yeah, no, I appreciate it, man. So, uh, yeah, I, so I grew up in the south suburbs of Chicago. Um, I had a a family down there. I got mother, father, brother, uh, and then uh, did the whole college thing Played a lot of hockey growing up, and uh, when I graduated college, I ended up moving out to Boston for a couple years. Uh, I tried doing the corporate America thing. It was kind of my mom's dream. That's, you know, the world the baby boomers came up in. It's all about corporate. So I did that for a couple years, but quickly realized that's not something I'm really that interested in. And uh, I was out there during the housing market crash, and I worked actually for a company that was part of the bailout. And uh, it got to the point where I just knew I didn't want to be in corporate America. So in 2008, I quit my job in the worst economy this country's ever seen. Um, I had a couple thousand dollars to my name, uh, an 03 Honda Civic and uh, some stuff that I packed up and I drove home with no job, no potential for anything on the horizon. And I really, you know, I've always been a finance guy. I love numbers. So I called my cousin up, who's a realtor, and I was just like, hey, you know, talk to me about investing in real estate. I was broke, obviously, but just general questions. And like 30 minutes later, completely hooked on real estate. Loved it. I, I knew right there that's what I wanted to jump into. So in 08, got my license, joined up with her, and uh, and started in the industry. And, you know, it, it was definitely rough first going, you know, brand new agent, the market sucked, obviously during that time, nobody was really buying. And, you know, if anyone was selling, it was distressed property and probably not a great thing to get, to get into. So, um, but I will say, I will remember, like, you know, there was one moment, like we all have like moments in our lives that Mm -hmm. just like kind of stand out. And when you know that there's something that's just going to drive you and push you and, uh, that's funny. I remember my first month in the industry. I was at my desk in my parents' house, and I was working on something. And I remember my mom like came in the door, and she was like, "Hey, you're gonna get a job." And I like, turned around, and I kind of looked at her, and I was like, "I have a job. I'm a realtor." And she's like, "You don't have an effing job," and walked out. And like from ever since that moment, I've just been on like hyperdrive to completely prove her wrong. And it's pretty much pushed me to where I am today.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, it sounds like uh, you should be thanking your mom, man. It sounds like it worked out pretty well.
1: I yeah. I had a real heart-to-heart with her. Yeah. Uh, at one point, and uh, and she couldn't be prouder now. But it was it was just some one of those things that in life, some things like that happen. When you recognize it, you could take that and use it as fuel and just yep. push yourself to whatever like you know peaks you want to be at.
0: For sure. Yeah. I mean, it's tough too. I mean, looking back, you know, I, I was never, I've been in the business since uh, it's God, summer of 16 was when I got in here. Um, and I, yeah, I was fresh out of college, but you know, a lot of people I talked to who got in and experienced the, you know, the crash and coming in between those years of, you know, what was 2011, I guess things started to pick back up or sorry, 2007 to around 2011, when things started to kind of pick back up, you make it through that, you know, you're golden. You've seen some of the worst markets. If you could find a way to navigate that and, and find ways to be successful there, you can be successful in any market.
1: Yeah, you really can. I mean, that's the, the first year I try, like, uh, I contribute a lot to where I am today to those first couple of years. Cause it was, I had nothing but time and like any new agent more often than not has nothing but time. Like that's when you educate yourself. So yeah. I knew I wanted to sell in the city. I I knew I wanted to just like learn. Like I'm, I just, I'm a sponge. I like to absorb. I read a ton. So I just set out to just learn as much as I could. And those first few years, like it was just millions and millions of questions. People got annoyed with me because I would ask constant questions about stuff. I drove drove all around the city. I learned neighborhoods. I learned areas. I dove into the MLS like hardcore and just like I need to know the prices of areas, the prices of different buildings, like what is a 2-2 sell for in River North compared to the South Loop? And I just went crazy, basically, and just educated the heck out of myself because I had nothing but time. And uh, and then, you know, just kind of as the market got better and and as I did things right in the background of marketing to my database and whatnot, business started coming in. And by that point, I, I knew more than pretty much anyone else at that time. At least I like to think so. And, uh, and it helped just propel me to start doing deals, start getting business flowing. And it's just kind of been kind of rolling since then.
2: Pretty good. Pretty good. So Mike, what exactly is branding in your eyes and how is it different from marketing and advertising?
1: So let me, let me start with this for both of you guys and Tyrone, you've probably heard me say this before. So If I ask you to name a pop or soda company, what's the first one you think of?
2: Coke. Pepsi. All right.
1: So, and what's the second one you think of? Oh, God. Yeah. Coke and Pepsi, right? Right. What's the third? Uh, Sunkist, maybe? Probably owned by either Coke or Pepsi. (laughs) All All right. So, you ask what branding is. When you guys each mention the brand that's what branding does. I do this test with every realtor. I've done it to Tyrone too. So the, bro, the way, well, branding is, is implementing your name, your logo, if you have one or whatever in people's minds so that you are that Coke or Pepsi, because statistically people know three agents, they can name three agents. If they hear the word real estate, if you're not Coke or Pepsi and you're Sunkissed or maybe even Dr. Pepper, like, you're not going to get the call. So what branding is, is, is trying to fit who you are into these people's brains. And the way our brains work is that like, you could almost think of it as like an Ikea warehouse. That's like the best terminology I've found for this or analogy. And there's just rows and rows and rows of different stuff, right? It's completely organized. Like that's how our brains are. So anytime something happens in our life, our brains like will stick it in one of those rows in a compartment. And then when something triggers it, like if you are if you get like a nice warm breeze, you might think of like oh that time you were in the Bahamas. Like that's how our brains work because there's just yeah. there's just so much information coming at us at one time. So so what you're trying to do in consumers minds and and especially in in clients minds is is fit into, fit real estate and your name together in their minds so that when you, when they hear real estate or see real estate, they think real estate, you're the very first person they think about. And that's what branding is. It's creating that that thought that you are the reference point immediately when real estate is, is mentioned anywhere. It could be they could be at a party across the room and their, their ear just happens to pick up somebody mentioned real estate and then their mind should automatically snap and go right to you. And that's, that's really what branding is, is creating that in their minds.
2: It's pretty, um, pretty good.
1: Yeah. Lots. Of, yeah, so
2: why would you, uh,
1: yeah, <laughs> pretty
2: good.
0: What are you going to say? Um, i I'm sorry. No, I was just saying, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's very true. lot's unpacked. I think that uh, not many agents really think that way. And, you know, Mike being someone who's been in the business as long as you have, uh, and you've been able to scale your business to the degree that you have, um, it's pretty interesting hearing a lot because most new agents, right? They're not, they're not that far yet. I mean, they think about it for sure, but for them, it's just, they're just hustling focused on securing business. So it's, it's really definitely a lot of food for thought here.
2: Right, agree. And what was the statement you used to make, Mike, um, in regards to how many clients used to forget the name of their agents after a certain period of time? You were saying that typically a lot of clients don't remember their their agent's name because they don't stay top of mind with their branding and information.
1: Yeah, I, for, uh, I think it's, what's it? It's, um, oh, I forgot. I, now I know you put me on a spot, man. I think it's something around like 90% of, 90% of, people who buy or sell real estate can't name the realtor, which means there is 20% of the market that is out there to be consumed again. um, Or sorry, 90% of the market out there to be consumed again because realtors don't do a good enough job following up with their database, marketing themselves across the board. And just because for no reason other than that, they're lazy or somebody did not give them the proper education. right? But, I, but that, for us realtors that are diving into our database and marketing ourselves, you now become even more of a presence in those people's minds because they're not going to use that other realtor again. They're going to end up using you, basically.
0: Yeah. yeah, I think what it is, it's 90% of the people don't use the same realtor. Is That's, that, it's something like that. Yeah. 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 I think that because, yeah, I've definitely, I mean, I feel like I, a lot of people have heard that in the various realtor circles that we tend to uh, associate ourselves with.
2: Yeah. Pretty good. Pretty good. So you kind of touched on it a little bit, but ultimately, what are some more tips you would say um, as to why is so important for agents and what they can do personally to stand out?
1: So one I mean, there's, so the, the world we live in right now, it's, it's mm-hmm. awesome because, before the internet was invented, like to try to really get in consumers' minds was expensive and time-consuming and difficult. And those old school methods of billboards and park benches and trying to send out like tons and tons of mailers, it's all expensive. Now, if a brand new is jumping into the industry, I mean, social media and the, the freeness of it is amazing. And if you're going to be a brand new agent and you're trying to figure out how do you get your name out there, you have now this, like these platforms that are just as simple as a couple clicks. And now the world can see you and your people can see you. And that's, that's really the, one of the best tricks that, you know, people need to understand is like, if you, if you're not on social media and you're a realtor, you are missing out on an insane amount of business that is just, it's there for the taking. So, so one of the things that I, I talked to the realtors in the office about in, in part of our mentorship program is really understanding like what social media is and making sure that you have a really consistent plan to use it because posting here, posting there, that's, that's okay. I mean, it, it's going to get out there, but like you need to be like hammering the social media. So, it just as a tip would just be consistency on social media and using it to your advantage, emails free. right? So that's another thing that I think is a great way to market yourself is, um, and Tyrone knows this firsthand is, is newsletters. MailChimp yeah. is free up to 1,999 emails at a time. If you have a database of 1,999 emails and you are consistently marketing those people, you don't think you're going to get an insane amount of business. Even 200 emails is going to get you in the same insane amount of business. And it's all free when you're brand new or you're newer, like you're broke. Essentially, like we don't have a ton of business. And if you do, it's mostly small rentals or small deals. And here and there you get a couple sales. So you need to maximize free as much as humanly possible. And with this digital world we live in, it's insane how easy it is to do. But the consistency of it is really the key behind it. You gotta be consistent on your social media and consistent to hit your database up and your people with with email marketing or however you wanna do it. But there's just so many free ways to do stuff that if you put a plan together to it, it's almost impossible to fail if you are consistent with it.
0: Exactly, yeah, I mean, very true. It took me three years to really is when I got my email list together. Because before, I was just slinging rentals, running a gun, and not really thinking twice. Um, But yeah, for all the new agents out there, you need to be collecting, whatever, put it in Google sheets, whatever, get every single contact you have, all your clients, put them in a sheet, keep it there, store it, you know, use it for newsletters, get those things out once a month, quarterly if you don't bother them too much. And you will be shocked with the amount of repeat clients that you will get over and over just by sending them those fresh reminders, you know, and get creative with it. So yeah, it's it's, it's important. I wish I would have done that
1: sooner because we spent about (laughs) 10 hours on a computer one day, putting it all together. Oh, it's it, the one thing. And, and the piggyback off that, um, Quentin, is that like a lot of agents will hear that and go, oh, F that. I'm not doing that. Right. That's going to take way too long. But you don't understand. You do it once. Right. And now you're set up and you organize it, you put it together and now you're just feeding it. You're just constantly adding to it. You meet someone at a party. You meet someone at, a, at an event. Since now we're opening up again and we can get back there. Like you just Keep keep feeding yep. that database, and then that's where the business is going to come in because you're going to create that consistency in their minds of of like, oh man, I got to reach out to quentin or Tyrone because you know, like I I remember them. Once soon as real estate was mentioned, like oh yes, that's who I got to speak to, and that's what you're creating. You know, Thank just you. do it the one time you're good yeah. to go.
2: Yeah, pretty good. And they have certain CRMs that help to collect the emails and categorize how you want to uh, send out to your database. So that's going to be really important as well. Right.
0: And it's like, yeah, it's the, the hardest part is, you know, getting yourself to do it. And the most time consuming is actually getting that list. Once you have it, you can organize it. You could send yeah. out all my people in Fulton Market. Cool. I'm going to send you specific market materials for that. I'm going to be the one person who lets you know this development's going on the corner of Randolph and, you know, whatever, Green Street. So there's so much you can do, and it becomes fun at a certain point. You want to be that person, right, that everyone goes to and be the first person to know stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Just enough. Um, so, Mike, here's a personal question for you. I know this is kind of, kind of, kind of general, but how, how would you describe your brand? Um, and what are some really key important impressions that you want to leave with a lot of your clients?
1: My so I'm I'm a very business oriented person. So my brand really represents like I guess I would say more business than anything. Um, my colors are very simple, you know. Like and and I've really honestly pulled back a lot from selling to focus on growing next. But right. to reference when I was selling full time, like you could tell if, if you're watching this video, I'm in a suit. I'm a suit guy, always have been since since basically the first few months I was in real estate. My cousin's more casual. I showed up one time for a showing in shorts and flip-flops because that's how she is. I've never been more yeah. uncomfortable in my entire life. And from that day forward, I've always been in suits. And that's just, that's who I am. So it's a, definitely a more formal um, type of brand, right? Like I don't, I don't have any crazy colors or anything like that. Like it's very simple, very basic um, to the point. So I guess like, I guess business formal would be it. Sure. But at the same time, like if you're watching this video I don't have a tie on, right? So like, it's not so, so, so formal at the same time but it's it's very much designed so that like people understand that they're gonna get someone who's, who's very professional very on top of things, very yeah. organized you know and and it's going to dress the part so that when they are around me and we're talking the 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 it's all about that like experience you're creating with them and when you are suited up or you're dressed up they're going to look at you as more of an authority figure and we tend to listen to people for the most part generally who are you know kind of more in that business mindset when it comes to this in real estate at least in my opinion because we are dealing with hundreds and thousands of dollars that people are spending. Yeah. I know, you know, I know some agents, they're very, they're more casual and it works for them. And I think you need to know like your people as well. Um, But I guess long, long long-winded answer. It's my brand's a lot more of a formal brand, I guess, business-like than, than anything else. And that's, you'll see that in my emails, my email signature, Mm -hmm. any marketing materials I do, any social media stuff I do it's all the same stuff. It's very consistent, very on point, you know, and very targeted so that the people that I'm marketing to see the same message over and over and over. And then that consistency consistency is created in the branding itself.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that brings me to a good point. And Tyrone, I'm going to jump around a little bit here. Um, so, you know, one question that I had was, is the suit dead? Obviously, it's not. You know, we got you in a suit. But, you know, I guess you, you already kind of mentioned the importance of an agent's attire. Um, and so I guess to dig a little bit deeper there, um, you know, how not all agents are going to be wearing suits. You have some, you know, some agents who would be wearing suit and ties. Personally, I I feel a little stressed out when I'm dealing with suit and ties. That's just me personally. Like I, if I'm at yeah. shows, right, I'm, I'm typically in slacks and I'm wearing a blazer um, or, you know, I'll throw in a collared shirt, go vest. Uh, that's just the way I feel. So I guess tell me a little bit more about like the role that, that should play. Do you require agents to be wearing a suit? Um, you know, is, is there a way to, I guess, still have that professional presence maybe if people really don't want to wear the suits?
1: Yeah, totally. So to answer your question, no, like our office – the agents are like, we, we really are all about agents being themselves and growing their yeah. brand. So what I always tell them is, you know, what are you the most comfortable in?
0: Right.
1: Like whatever that is, if it is suits or if it's slacks and a blazer, or maybe you are a person that's going to wear shorts, right? The one thing about what we do is we are helping people make the biggest financial decision in their lives. So at all times we have to be on points because they are looking yeah. at us as the professionals and, and relying on our knowledge, our experience to help them with this massive decision. If you are ever uncomfortable, and we've all been in uncomfortable environments, whether it's it's because you were wearing something no one else was, or you stepped into somewhere that you just felt uncomfortable, you could just see like you tense up, you know, you kind of like crawl up a little bit inside, you feel nervous, you right. start sweating. and And then all of a sudden you're like, you're not really operating like your brain's not operating at full capacity. So you start talking, but like, what the heck are you saying sometimes? And then we're like, why did I just say that? And so, so what I tell people is, you know, look inside, see what you're the most comfortable in because that's what's going to make you the best agent because you're going to, you're going to be operating at full capacity to help your clients out. And if it's in shorts and, or if it's in slacks and a blazer, It doesn't make a difference it really doesn't because you could look across the board and there's agents that wear all different types of clothes and there's all different types of them are successful you know the thing is is knowing who your database is knowing your people are um, being comfortable around those people in what you're wearing and then when you are that there's a confident level a confidence level that just comes out from you especially when you're talking from knowledge and these people hear that and they're like dang like this this dude or this, this lady knows what she's saying. So like, that's where the whole, like attire kind of comes into play. Like it's whatever's best for you. That's going to make you the best agent. Stick with that. If you're not a suit person, as soon as you put it on, you're going to feel weird. And that's why when I referenced the shorts thing earlier, is it's like, I, I, I seriously, I still like, I, I pictured put myself in that moment before um, and I just like, man, I just, even thinking about it makes me kind of crawl inside mm-hmm. and feel uncomfortable. Right. And, you know, so it's, yeah. So it just wear whatever is going to make you the best agent. It doesn't, but I mean, within reason, don't go out there and shredded stuff up and, yeah. you know, yeah. assless chaps or something.
0: Yeah. It's, yeah. No, it's a, uh, it's a good point. And I think also what you mentioned, which is know your audience. Right. And so like one thing. You know, it depends on who I'm with. If I get the feeling, you know, someone's pretty formal, I you know, I'm suiting up and I, I probably won't wear a tie. I'm suiting up. If I'm, you know, showing stuff out in Logan Square, right, and we're looking at rentals or something like that, I'll probably take it a little easier because, um, you know, it just depends on the audience you're getting. We're yeah. chameleons, man. I mean, we talk to hundreds of people a day. Yep. So, yep. you know, you just got to have that, you know, emotional intelligence, I guess, and so. Yeah. Makes sense.
1: Yeah, knowing, so you know, knowing your knowing your clients is one of the most important things you could do. Yeah. Um, Cause I've, I, I've, and it's, it doesn't matter the price point too. I definitely want to reference that because some people think that because you are working with someone who's in a million dollar budget that you need to, that you need to like dress to the nines, put the Armani suit on, shine the shoes. I will tell you, like I, I have, I've had clients that are, that are billionaires yeah. and, they are the most casual people ever. And right. I get questioned by the listing agent when my client shows up, he's like, that dude's got money. And like, Oh yeah, more than you could ever imagine. And he's in a sweatshirt. He's in beat up like Nikes and jeans. You're kind of looking at him like, yep, that could buy you. That guy could buy you a hundred times over, but he's chilled out. He doesn't care what I'm wearing. Yeah. Who's he trying right? to like, exactly. So it's like, you just never know who, like how these people are going to be. So you got to get to kind of know them a little bit and understand yeah. them and then just still be yourself and dress your own part for it, no matter who the audience is. But you start like, when it comes to those, like knowing a client, you just, you, then you'll basically maneuver how you speak to them and how you talk to them so that exactly. the clothes don't make a difference. It's just, you know, being a chameleon, like you said, Quentin, and just knowing how to speak to those type of clients is is really what the difference is with it. Not clothes at all. For sure.
2: Pretty good. So speaking about, you know, your clients and potential clients, how would you say that, how does your brand in particular, uh, particular integrate with your social media presence?
1: I think they're all tied together. You know, I think there really is a, the social media is, I think it's like, people like to think of it as more of a, a mystery than it really is. Like you're how you are as a person, how you dress, how your brand is, it's all gonna be represented on what you post because it's all public. So if you are, you know, if if you are a party person, you gotta know if you're posting, you know, pictures of you doing keg stands, people are gonna see this. And the world we live in right now is all everyone goes and searches for us. They do Google searches and our social media pops up really, really high on SEO. So they're going to see stuff, and we, more often than not, have public you know profiles. So, so everything you are and what everything you post needs to be very consistent. So, you know, I'm I'm honestly I, I've talked to Tyrone about this. I'm not the best social media person. I'm working on it to, to get better and post more consistency yeah. and consistently, but if you see what I post, it's, it's very like strategic. And then like, I post it in such a way that it's always representing myself, my brand. You know, I don't, if I go out with friends, I'm not posting drunk photos. Um, If I'm, you know, with family, maybe I'm not posting family photo type stuff. Like um, I got some agreements with my wife because of her job that we don't post stuff about her or the kids or stuff like that. So so anything I post is, it's very much just very simple, very basic, because that's my brand, right? I, like, I don't overcomplicate things because I try to simplify everything for anyone. So if you're trying to figure out what your message needs to be on social media, it needs to be you and and like how you are as a person. If you're faking it on there, people are going to see it. They're going to see through it. We're not stupid. You know, like with filters and everything else now on social media, it's easy to glorify your life when behind the scenes it's not really like that and people are going to see it. So the more authentic you can be in person and on social media and let those two things parallel each other, then your clients are going to see that and you should be friending your clients once you close at least and they're going to consistently get that same message. That they got from you when they were working with you. So there's no change in it. It's that consistency of being you, being yourself on social media, yourself in person. And it, that's the same thing as talking the same way, you know, dressing the, the, the same way, you know, posting photos that are representing you, you know, and, and how you want your branch to, brand to be seen. It's all gotta really tie in together with it. And if it does. Then you see the uniformity and people can easily like relate you and your brand because you're not different on social media than you are in person. And there'd be nothing worse than like, I mean, I joke about we live in a Tinder world, right? And what if you swipe, I actually don't know which way to swipe. My wife would be happy about that, but let's say uh, you, is it? <laughs> right is good, left is no. I okay. Don't. All right, so if you swipe right, <laughs> no. right? And, and you show up and you're like, and you show up to meet this person and you go, whoa, that, that's not, that's, that's not, not what I signed up out for of here. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, that's, that's what you're portraying on social media. And then their clients meet you in person are like, what is this? Yeah. If you're helping me. You're the realtor. Right. You know, so, yeah. like, so if you create that consistency though, then, then the referrals when they come in, they already look, anyone that is re- that referred you out, Whoever they referred you to, they found you on social media. They found you on Zillow, Realtor.com, Yelp. And if you're different there than in person, then they're not, it's not going to match you. You're going to set a bad message off from the very beginning. So why bother doing it? Just be yourself, be your brand at all times on everything you post. And you never have to worry about it. Plus, it's easier than trying to fake it. It's too much work to do that.
0: Definitely, and in this day and age, everything's direct to consumers. So, I mean, you could literally get on your phone and start going live videos. And actually, I'll give a shout out to, I don't know if you, I know Tyrone, you know, Purdue Carter. Um, But I, I think one thing that he's made me realize is people like are very interested and other people, you know what I mean? Like they will sit there and just, people yep. will just consume content. And the way that we yep. consume content is, is very much changing. And for sure with the younger generation, when you see TikTok and you see all these, I mean, the stuff you could do with TikTok and real estate, there's a couple of people I see leveraging it already, but yeah. I mean, everyone's consuming in shorter bits of information, just putting those quick videos out there and keep people top of mind is really important. Um, but another thing that I kind of wanted to piggyback off of this, Mike, so, with the, the branding and putting your, your information out there direct to consumer, do you, is there a line? Like, is there ever too much content that you could put out there? Because I, I know some people who, who definitely, you know, and I, I guess I'm not the best example because I'm in real estate. So like when I go on social media, I don't, I want to see what other people are doing to make sure that, you know, that I'm doing everything I can for my brand. But a lot of times I just skip through it. So I'm not a good like test on me. but can you ever do too much to the point where you're like annoying people?
1: Uh, no. And I'll tell you exactly why I'm saying no with such like emphasis. So yeah, the way the way social media uh, platforms work, it's all based off algorithm. So Facebook, Instagram, which obviously Facebook owns Instagram, those are the two biggest platforms, right? LinkedIn. Well, I'll just touch on that really quick because LinkedIn's a business profile, so you're not going to post the same stuff there. That that's a lot more just business type stuff. But where we consume most of our content with with social media is on Facebook and Instagram. Facebook's Facebook survived and um Tom from MySpace although we got filthy rich like MySpace failed because Tom didn't spend enough time on user experience. Facebook and Zuckerberg they emphasize user experience more than anything and their algorithms are all built yeah. so that so that everyone that you are seeing their stuff is the people that you interact with? So the people whose profiles you like photos on, you comment on, you share stuff with, right? If you haven't interacted with someone for a long time, you'll notice that person does not come up right. on your newsfeed at all, and it's vice versa. So if they're not seeing, if you don't interact with them, they're never going to see your stuff. So the thing is, with if you're not if you're only posting occasionally, you're you know you're not going to really get the the fact you want out of it. Because if you think about how Facebook and Instagram work, like there's where it's not like Twitter, right? Where there's just constant stuff posting. Mm -hmm. So, so what they do is they make it. So you, they, people are only seeing the stuff that they want to see. If you're only posted once in a while, the chances of you really catching someone at that particular moment is slim to none, even if they do interact with you or you interact with them. So pumping out content is more about making sure you are covering all your bases and everyone is seeing your stuff. Because if you, if you have, let's say even a thousand friends on Facebook or a thousand followers on Instagram, even if you, if you post once a day, like you're, a thousand people aren't going to see your stuff. If you post two times a day, a thousand people aren't going to see your stuff. So it's really going to be only a, only a handful of people that are just so happened to be seeing their stuff. And unless you are like trolling Facebook, you're probably not scrolling for hours on end to see every piece of content that someone posted. So you really need to post as much as you can on both your, your wall and on stories, because stories are awesome, yeah. um, to do for in-the-moment stuff. And you could obviously link both Facebook and Instagram so they post at the same time for both. But the more content you put out there, the more chances people see your stuff and they'll like your stuff and they'll comment on it, but they're going to have your stuff intermixed with everyone else that they know, that they are commenting on, that they are liking. And your stuff's only really going to show up with the amount of times they're interacting with you. So like, if it's like, let's say they have five friends, right? And four of them are their family that they're constantly posting on, they're constantly liking they're sharing their stuff, and then they see your stuff as well, but they don't have that same amount of interaction, your stuff's not going to show up as much as the family members. So it's just, that's why you got to pump out more and more and more content. And it could be as simple as you're on a showing, you snap a photo of a kitchen, or you post something on a story really quick. I mean, those things only last 24 hours, but yeah. they get a lot of interaction with them. Um, but the, the important thing to mention, though, is about the algorithms is that Facebook's algorithm don't work uh, if you only post on stories, it's gotta be posting on your wall to really get the algorithms to pick up. Um, and that's done on purpose because there's a trail when you have a post of people liking it later and later and later and later, and people again, sharing it later on, or maybe it shows up days later because of just how the algorithms work. Stories only last 24 hours. So that's not possible to do. So the algorithms don't pick up the same content uh, with stories. So that's why posting multiple times on your wall will have a much greater effect and people will see your stuff um, than if you're just putting a story out there. So it's just, it's not the most difficult thing to do, but not, not enough agents are really getting enough content out there to make it worthwhile. On top of that, there's this debate that I have with people between do I do a Facebook business page yes, or a Facebook about page? That. Yes. So if you have a team, a couple of things. There's two way, two reasons in my mind to have a business page. One, you have a team because with teams you need to promote the group and everything that goes into that team and group, right? So there's a reason to have a business page because yes, you are a business, but like individually, but when you're a team or a group, you have an entity that needs to be promoted, right? Because that, that makes just a lot of sense because you got to promote your other agents and blah, blah, blah. Right. Secondly, if you have an idea that you want to uh, spend money on Facebook ads, which is starting to get more expensive, but if you actually know what you're doing, could be very effective. You'd have to have a Facebook business page in order to do this. Um, so right. Those are the only two reasons in my mind to ever have a business page. Because if you decide to start a business page and you look at, like, let's say you have like, Quinn, I'm gonna put you on the spot. How many Uh, friends do you have on Facebook? I don't know, like 2,000. Okay, so you have 2,000 people that you've spent this entire time friending who are seeing your stuff over and over and over and over and over. They comment, they like, They're, they're seeing your content. If you start a business page, you have to try to get 2,000 people right. to now like your business page to ever see anything you post. Why waste the time to do that when it makes no sense if you have 2,000 people's attention already? Why recreate what's already been created? And a lot of agents will do this. They'll, they'll create a business, pro, a business page because they feel like they need to, and then they'll end up sharing any of their posts there on their personal page.
0: Yeah, and I, don't, I
1: do. I, it makes... I, it makes no sense. It makes zero sense to do that. You're, you're spending time unnecessarily that you could be spending on your database or with a client or making calls or something else, you know, prospecting. Yeah. then, so if you, so, so you don't really need a business page initially, basically, you know, when you get to that level, get one then that makes sense because then you're also getting cross sharing from other people in your group, sharing that stuff as well. Plus, I mean, we get, I mean, stupid amount of notifications a day and how many people are asking you to like their page and then like you forget half the time and all of a sudden you scroll through your notifications from two months ago and then there's some, you know, somebody trying to get you to like their page, whatever it is, like, we don't see notifications anymore because of just how much we get nowadays. So so what you do is just, you know, this is good advice for any new agent or any agent is just, Stick with the, the regular page, but the secret is you've got to intermix personal and business because if it's just business, people are going to get bored out of their minds seeing that crap, and they're not going to engage anymore, right? Like, oh, he's got a new listing. Congratulations. Awesome. I got that email yesterday anyways in his newsletter. But the thing is with personal posts, they are relatable like the only people that are going to like your you know, listing are your family, close friends, and maybe some realtors, it's not relatable. If you post something about like, I'm going golfing, right? Like, you know, you hit the links with some buddies and you post yeah. something about that. Or like Tyrone does a fantastic job, you know, talking about his daughter winter and, and posting about that. Like those, those posts, if you ever just look at the, the most engagement you get on any post It's always the personal stuff. Yes. And what's so important is that when you do that and you've got all that interaction happening with these personal posts, that algorithm kicks into overdrive so that when it, so that now they're like, Oh my God, all these people are loving this post. So first of all, it's going to show up more without you ever having to boost it because you can't boost a personal post. But now all those people are interacting with that. The algorithm picks that up. So when you do post that listing or that just closed that just sold whatever now those people are going to see it and that's how the algorithm works so you have to intermix both cuz people honestly like you said like you know we we love seeing people's lives unfold on social media if you're posting personal stuff like you're always going to get more engagement and the algorithm will pick up on that And then all of a sudden now your real estate stuff will show up to them more. And maybe they don't like that stuff as much, but it sees it. And then if you want to piggyback off branding, there's your brand over and over and over hitting these people up on social media. And they're like, dang, I got to reach out to Quinn. I got to reach out to Tyrone, Um, you know, and real estate triggers in their mind and maybe it makes them think of like, oh yeah, I forgot. You know, we're considering selling in six months or "Oh, my brother was thinking about listing. I got to put them in touch with, with Quinn or Tyrone, you know? Yeah. So, so that's where the, the intermixing of it, like if you do it properly, like it can have massive effects for your business overall.
0: Yeah. That's the, so this is a very debated topic. I feel like in, I mean, posting in general, any business that you're doing, is there too much? And that is hands down the best answer I have ever heard of it. It's something I never really thought of is it's true. It's, it's the algorithm, right? If people want to see it, the algorithm is going to funnel it to them, no matter what. So those people that you're worried about seeing that stuff that maybe you're a little embarrassed about, they don't even see it anyways because they don't interact with you. You know, so that's a good point. Because when I did, I did the like you said, I did the Facebook business page uh, yep. like when I was a year in. And it was because I didn't feel comfortable, right? Like putting all that out there, you know, letting my friends, you know, know that I was real sad. I just didn't, you know, for whatever reason, if I can go back, I probably wouldn't have done that because it did take a lot of time and all that stuff. But um, yeah, that's, that's a really, really good point. I think that helps a lot of new agents get over that, that level of embarrassment or insecurity that
1: they might have for whatever reason. Yeah. Yeah. And one last point on that, just because I'll kick myself, I don't say it. Spend time each day, like make it as part of your, your morning routine or your evening routine to, to go on Facebook and like, and comment. Um, the yeah. more you do that, the more engagement's going to happen. You could actually create a friends list on Facebook. I don't know if a lot of people know this, but on the left-hand side, there's an option for friends list. I've done this for past clients. I literally click friends list, created a new one called the past clients. And I could put all my past clients into friends lists. When I click on that, I am only going to see what my whoever's in that friends list, anything they post. So you avoid the wall like you know the wall of the pinwheel where you're seeing like realtor stuff, lender stuff and everything else that we see on a daily basis when you go on Facebook, you could skip all that and go right to the people you really want to focus on, yeah. and then you could just like, 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 comment, hat you know, like, yeah. congratulations, this is awesome, you know, cute photo, you know, whatever. And then that, the algorithm will just pick up on all of that and get them to see more of your stuff. Good
0: stuff. Yeah, Tyrone, I think we answered my next question. So I'm going to let you go ahead and uh, dive right in here.
2: Yeah. So, you know, just to switch it up a little bit, um, we talked about branding. Now, let's talk about the aspect of a logo when it comes to the brand. Um, yep. So, how important would you consider the logo when it comes to brand? And then, personally, with your logo, did you hire a consultant or a graphic designer? A marketing expert to create your own visual visual brand identity.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think brand I think logos have a great place in branding. Like a lot of agents have them. Um the thing about logos is um well first of all no I didn't I didn't create I, I had I just created mine on Canva. It's a very simple MO. I wish I had some cool initials that I could like do all yeah, this right? stuff with. Yeah. I don't Tyrone's got some Tyrone's initials are cool. Like he's got this cool branding like mo don't really do much i've tried i've talked to graphic designers it sucked so i just like all right i'll make it on Canva. very simple right but the thing with the logo is it's it's got to be a couple things one it's got to be what i call dutable and what i mean by that is if you look at the most successful brands for the most part nike the swoosh how many of us sat there and drew that stupid little thing, whatever the heck that thing is on our board, on our papers in school or our spirals, our notebooks, like that little simple thing is the easiest thing to draw. Tesla, the T, not very difficult yeah. to draw. An apple is a freaking apple, right? Like, yes. so you could, anyone could draw an apple. Those are the two, three of the biggest brands in the world right there. And they they have the most simplest logos, Adidas, three lines right? A Puma is just a Puma. So if you look at the history of, of logos, simpler, the better. And then on top of that, color scheme needs to be very, very simple and consistent. If you have a simple logo, but you've got 36 colors in it, like it, it's hard to do yeah. stuff with that. Right. So I always say stick to one or two colors, be consistent with that. And then it becomes doable. People can can draw your logo. It's very simple to do. It's not overcomplicated. And the, the best part about that is when you have a simple logo and you are consistent with it, it could go on everything very universally. If it's a crazy color and it, it's like, I don't know, maybe like let's say you got like pink or something like that. It's hard to integrate pink on anything else. That's not like white, black, gray. Like if you have some brown somewhere, pink and brown don't go together. No. Um, So be strategic with how you, you pick your logo. But I think it's, I I don't know if it's necessarily important for an agent to have a logo. Right. I think it's a smart idea to have something because you're trying to differentiate yourself from other people. Um, A lot of agents can just use their signature as a logo. You know, it's very simple. If you have a cool signature, you could always just use that too. Like you don't have to really have one. But if you do go the route, you know, again, going back to the the consistency of it, it needs to be on every single thing you post on social media that's real estate related, you know, so make sure it's at the bottom corner down there, make sure it's on your banner, it's on headers, it's on your email signature, because you're trying to create that logo as associated with you in people's minds. Just like when we see that swoosh, we immediately think Nike, we immediately think Apple, when we see the Apple, the Tesla T, we know these brands. I mean, statistically, we're actually hit with over five thousand pieces of branding a day. Mm-hmm. Right, so that's just something for people to think about. Like between Pepsi, Coke commercials, beer commercials, everything, all car commercials. So your logo is now going to have to fit into people's minds, and you got it. The only way to really do that is to associate it with your name and real estate. Yeah. When you get big enough and you've done this long enough, then maybe you can do the logo kind of separately to get the same effect. But like all these brands that have been built, like it, it didn't just start with a logo and no name. Like you need to put them both together in the beginning and can and just keep using that over and over and over and over and over in these people's minds. Eventually it's going to get associated together. And then there you go. You can actually separate that logo out and start using it to its its own but if you try to jump into that, like you're not going to have that same desired effect, and it doesn't have to have this, you know, a real estate thing on it or anything like that. Like a lot of people feel like they got to have like a key or something. Like it, it's kind of played yeah. out, you know. Like you don't really need that. A, like a house is, in the background, or yeah. something, you know, like we've all seen it. It's, I mean, it, it. Look, if that's your brand, cool, awesome for you. But it's not necessary nowadays because like just the way we can get the content pumped out to people, you could quickly associate your logo with real estate in your name, just by getting content out constantly to people. Eventually it's going to trigger in their minds and it's going to be almost programmed in there where they're just going to be like, Oh, TG, that's Tyrone. Right. Those are his colors and and whatnot. So, but it it does take some time to do it, but I love logos. Um, I, you know, be careful on graphic designers. They're going to charge you a ton. So if you do decide to go that route, one of the things I highly, highly suggest is you pull in all the content of the logos you like, the brands you like. And if you speak to a graphic designer, be like, Hey, here's a style. I like, here's what I'm looking for. Give me a couple examples. Because if you let a creative person, uh, like uh, I think a left brain person, I think left is a creative one or right, whichever one it is. I think you left know, is creative. I think left that's, is
2: that's the lefties. The
1: lefties. Yeah, <laughs> lefties. There you go. drinks, heroin. <laughs> if you let them go run wild with it, you're going to get some crazy-ass stuff. Yeah. And you're going to spend money on that, and then they're going to have to rein them back in. So you kind of got to like really give them the base before you do anything and then let them kind of work with you. Uh, and then they should be able to create a couple of options for you to, to go with. Definitely. Yeah. It's
0: I mean, it's a good point. Even when you think about, you know, a lot of real estate companies out there, like the big, you know, tech companies, we all know them. Um, you know, you think like, what is Trulia? I don't know what that is. What is, what is a Zillow? I don't know what that is. What, is, right. what you know, what are these? I don't, no one knows what they are, but uh, they have nothing to do with real estate as far as I know. And they're some of the most, you know, uh, top of mind brands you could think of in the industry. So, you know, people can also get creative. It doesn't just have to be like Quentin Green residential, you know, like right. Definitely take, don't go overboard, you know, because you could run the risk of it being very tacky and then you don't want to have to rebrand or anything like that. Um, but there there's so much you can really do there to get creative, I think. Yeah, totally can. Yeah. Um, so you kind of touched on this a little bit, but obviously brands are not something that, uh, are going to be established overnight. So what are some small things that, you know, some agents might be able to immediately take away from watching this, uh, this interview, um, some things that they could build into their own brand building strategy, maybe in the next week, month or whatever.
1: Yeah. So one of the things I, that I highly suggest is to do a self-evaluation on a couple of different levels. First is just personally, like really dig deep understand what your brand is and really fully understand it. Cause if you're going to own this thing, if you're going to put the world, put this out for the world to see you got to own that like inside and know that you're going to be a walking, talking, eating, sleeping, drinking example of this brand. That's the first thing. Once you, once you've really established like who you are as a realtor, as a brand, the next thing is putting together an actual legit plan to get that message out to the world. I I constantly harp on agents not being consistent enough on a multiple different levels, one marketing to their database and two on social media. And and the main cause of this isn't so much that they're lazy or not motivated to do it. The, The problem is they don't actually have a plan for it. And you know what, how's the saying go? If you don't plan to, I forgot how it goes, like plan to fail or, you know, like if you
2: fail to plan, I was muted. If you if you fail to plan, yeah, plan. To
1: plan. Fail. Yeah, plan yeah. to fail, right? Same exact right. thing. Right. So once you understand what your brand is, and and even spend the time to write it out, like you know, like you don't have to have a logo or do anything like that, but just write it out, like you know, like I'm business, you know, I'm business, I'm business casual, yeah. right? Like like I'm formal, and just write out a bunch of values and beliefs that you feel your brand is, and then once you do all that. Then go, okay, how am I going to get this message out to the world? What's, what do I have to do to be consistent to make these people see my brand and write out an entire content plan of how to do this? You could create a simple Excel spreadsheet. Hell, email me. I'll send you mine. I don't care. Yeah. Well, I'm happy to share that information. Um, but you, once you put out that, once you sit down and actually write out how you're going to actually do this and follow through on that plan, then you'll see the difference. Then, then you see you're, one, you're more relaxed. You're not stressed out about having to, what am I going to post? What am I going to do? You know, you're not feeling uncomfortable in your own skin and your social media presence will reflect that your comfort level and what, what the messages you're trying to send out because you're organized, you're structured. And when you see that and you see the consistency of what of people that are doing it successfully you could see how their business takes off. And then people will see the success happening because you'll be posting about it and your brand and your image and everything else will just in, in business, especially will just skyrocket from there. But it's gotta be, it's gotta be consistent on not only social media, but to your marketing, to your database, you know, have a real plan to do that because that's the other piece that any successful realtor does is they have a real plan to market to their database. And if you're a new agent, I'm doubling down like and for the next like 52 days or 52 weeks, I'm hitting these people up like once a week, like yeah. no joke, once a week I'm marketing to them. And if you have no money, do it through email, do it through calls, do it through text, do it through a Facebook message, a LinkedIn message, however you need to contact them. But but if you are constantly doing that and these people are seeing your branding and that, and that message is very clear, you're going to get tons of business out of it. And it's so, it really just comes down to knowing what your brand is and then putting that same message out over and over and over on a consistent daily basis. It's if you could do that, like the chances of you failing are, are minimal because that's what 87% of realtors don't do. And that's why 87% fail within the first five years
0: love it great
1: stuff okay. mike, I think so it. mike so
2: yep so mike um i would like to know what are some important takeaways when it comes to preserving one's brand and how can agents prevent their brand from being jeopardized ultimately
1: yeah. So one of my favorite sayings, Warren Buffett says, it says it could take 50 years to build a brand and five minutes to destroy it. Yeah. Okay. You know, so, <laughs> right. and and if you look at like, one of my favorite examples is, is Alex Rodriguez. I'm sure everyone has heard of Alex for, if you haven't look him up, he was, he was on pace to be a hall of famer, uh, you know, like first ballot hall of famer, all these home runs, amazing stats. And then he took performance enhancing drugs. He built all that cred for years and and destroyed it in one moment because he did that and it got leaked. Everything comes to the surface nowadays. And we see it with celebrities all the time, scandals, everything like that. So the one thing is to make sure that what you're doing is on the up and up, which sounds easy, right? Like if you're being sleazy, it's going to come out one way or the another, and that's going to destroy like one bad experience with someone can destroy an entire company. If they write one bad review, I mean, that can ruin you. You could lose a ton of business from it, you know? So, so you kind of really got to be up, like, I guess you could say ethical through the whole thing and know that the content you're putting out, is not going to jeopardize your brand. And if you, one of the things I tell people is that if I'm not all in, I'm all out. And that goes for anything, whether it's a meeting, a phone call, uh, somebody who wants to, to take some of my time up or whatever. If I get a feeling that I'm not into it, I just don't do it. And if you are, if you're like making this really cool post and you're having all this fun with it, and you're laughing about it. And you get that feeling that like, I shouldn't post this. Don't post it. Yeah. Because when you wake up in the morning and everyone sees that post and you see it, your entire brand is ruined that fast. You know, so you really kind of have to have your radar up at all times on what you're putting out. Because if not, something so stupid as a post at two o'clock in the morning when you're out with your buddies and you're having a great time, that could ruin it. And then the other piece to that is make sure you have your settings. On your social media that not anything could hit your wall you need to make sure that you control the content that goes on that you are basically tagged in and and could be involved in and sometimes yes maybe a friend posts something and you might have to ask them to delete it but if you are tagged in stuff that you don't want people to see you need to know that firsthand so go to your privacy settings on facebook and instagram and make sure you could review everything that hits your wall. And that way if someone does tag you, it doesn't automatically go on and you got to accept it before it does. It's a filter to protect you against stupid posts that can ruin your reputation at the at the drop of a simple like post button, right? Yeah. So, you know, control you got to control the message at all times. And really make sure that whatever is being posted, whether it's by you or someone else, is going to represent you. You know, So it's, it is a little bit of – obviously, there's some time-consuming parts to it and making sure you're on top of it. But it's worth it to spend the time to protect yourself so that somebody doesn't post something on accident that all of a sudden the world sees. And now people have a I – mean, think about how fast we change our opinions on stuff. We read one – we see, like, I think Amazon and Yelp are my favorite examples, right? Like anything we look up, like, oh, you know, go check out this restaurant. We don't look at the five-star reviews. We look at the straight bad the reviews. One, yeah, straight, straight to the bad ones. Right. To the right. Yeah. And that's where we make our opinion, right? Like based on the bad reviews, not what the good stuff is. Yeah. We want to know, can we stomach the bad reviews enough to want to go check that restaurant out? And total pun intended there, by the way. So like, so that's the same thing with social media is that if you, if somebody posts something and you don't have that filter on, you could potentially lose business just because someone's going to see it. and They're going to be like, that's not who I really want to associate with. Like, I don't, I don't want that guy that's out or that girl that's out at two in the morning on a Saturday night when I'm seeing stuff, going to see stuff with them Sunday morning. Like they're going to be hungover. I don't want that type of realtor. Right, and it it could be just a random experience, yeah, totally random. Maybe it's the one time you went drinking in two years, and somebody posts it. That's it. That that impression now is all over the internet. Yes, you could delete it, but you got to play damage control, and that's what Arod, Alex Rodriguez, had, Alex Rodriguez had to do for years to build up credibility again. Imagine if he didn't take PEDs. Oh you my God. You never would have had to deal with it, right? He might be president. Might be. Yeah, yeah. Anyone could be nowadays. So yeah. you never know, or at least governor. Right. Yeah. Right? I mean, if it, so I, that's just like, it's just, you know, my PSA, I guess you could say, is just always control the message more than anything.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. And like you said, once it's out there, it seems like it's out there, whether you delete it or not. And people screenshot yep. tweets and things so fast. Oh,
1: yeah. God. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, and people are, and look, we're in a society where we're looking for that crap. That's why, like, yes. people mag, people magazine, Esquire, how long of those, uh, TMZ, like, we want to see the garbage. Like, we kind of live it because it makes us feel better a lot of times inside, but someone else is going through some dumb stuff, right? Like, so people are always on the hunt for it and they're going to see it. They're going to take a photo and they're going to send it to their friends. They'd be like, dang! Look what Quentin was doing Saturday night. Like, how you guys doing with that home search, right? Like, yeah, it, it can do it. It can happen. Yeah, just, you know. So, just be careful at all times.
0: Wise words. So that, um, that pretty much concludes the, uh, interview portion and yeah, Mike, really yep. awesome, awesome stuff that I thought that was very, very helpful. I learned a lot. I'm sure a lot of people listening definitely did as well. Uh, but these are some kind of closing questions that we shoot yep. off quickly. So, uh, the first one is what are you doing to feed your brain right now? What kind of books, podcasts resources. Would you recommend for our listeners?
1: Yeah. So I'm i I'm a reader. I don't, I don't do the podcast thing oh, wow. uh, only because we're, yeah. We're in, out of cars so much that I don't, yeah. I don't really do the podcast thing. I, I read, I'm very structured. I think I mentioned in the beginning and I have routines. So at 11 o'clock, all my stuff goes off. I get no more notifications and I read, uh, from 11 to 11 50 every night. Like I'm, that's how I feed my brain. That's one way is that it's just always finding I do. I, you can read whatever, right? Like I am a business book type of reader. Like like Tony Robbins has a lot of really good books from for how to handle money to how to understand the inner workings of yourself, right? right. There's books on entrepreneurship. Like what people, what, what realtors really got to understand is we're entrepreneurs. We're not the sexy entrepreneurs that you see in Silicon Valley, but we're business owners. It's for no sure. different than, than that little mom-and-pop shop on the corner, right? They're, yeah. they're looked at as an entrepreneur, so are we. So I read a lot of business books that, can help feed my brain and, and help me just understand business better how to be a better person how to, how to be a better part of the family you know with my wife and kids uh, be a better mentor to the agents you know so I read like a, a variety of different books every single night I, have a, I, I I'm happy to send the I actually have the entire list written out of all the books I've read within the last couple of years when I started doing oh, this. I keep track of all of them. Happy to share that with anyone that's interested, but it's a lot of business books, and I need the paperback. I'm a highlighter. I'm a writer mm. in the books. Like I take notes, and then I go back and I don't like to I don't like to reread books, but I like to revisit them because I think there's a lot of good information in them. Um, so reading for me at, in the evening also helps just in general, like wind the day down. The other thing I do is, uh, and I highly suggest sign up for newsletters that are in your inbox every morning. So part of my morning routine is I I get usually about 20 newsletters from different sites from like Inc.com, entrepreneur. I mean, we we get the inman stuff, right? So there's a lot of real estate stuff too, but like fortune.com, you know, I find all those sites that have really good newsletters and I subscribe to them. And part of my daily routine in the morning is to look at my email and I don't, actually respond to a client email uh, until 9am, unless it's urgent. Obviously there's different times you have to be on top of it, but I look at, I want to know everything that's going on in the world and any new information that's come out. This helps me talk to any human being at any time because I could relate to them and I could talk about a topic. They bring up something. I've at least got something Mm -hmm. I could talk to them about. Maybe not go in depth, like they can, but I can hold a conversation. So newsletters is one of the things that I think is just, it's fantastic. You can definitely unsubscribe from them if they're not working, but find a bunch and just literally spend 10 minutes a morning, if that, five to 10 minutes, just skim through them. You know, a lot of them want you to sign up for stuff, but you can get a general outline because they have like top 10 topics and or whatever that, you know, they have. Um, but my favorites are Seriously ink.com. entrepreneur.com they have so much good information articles and it's all free yeah i love free and us realtors are historically cheap you know so like here's free information for you um so that that's how i feed my brain and those those are usually what i'm recommending to people that ask that question
0: for sure awesome awesome uh answer there because i'm the same way like i i tear through cranes every day um i have the newsletters because like you said i want to put as much stuff in my brain as possible so because when we're talking with so many people we need to be able to find ways to keep conversations going you know get that new information out there find ways to relate to people in different ways and see where the conversations go so and that's like you said that's the exact reason you know part of the reason why i do it so yeah that's really important yeah. if you're not someone who reads well there's no excuse for you to click a button and sign up for a newsletter and just read the spark notes of something you know it, it, it does yeah. help sure it does um, Let's see. Second question, Mike. All right. So, favorite thing to do in Chicago, man. You got you got one weekend to impress your uh, friends from LA who've never uh, been to the Midwest before. And you want to show them how Chicago you are. What are you What are you doing with them?
1: I know I'm probably gonna disown a lot of people on this, but I'm a Cubs fan, so I'm taking them to a Cubs right. game because yeah. to me, Wrigley Field in 80 degree weather in the in is there's almost like nothing better in my mind. And then I'll probably take them to the beach after that. But yeah, but. I'm a Cubs fan, so like to me, sitting in Wrigley is in that neighborhood, that environment. Like that, I think that's. I've done that many times with friends from out of town, and they anywhere else I've taken them, that's usually the favorite. So gotta go with it
0: for sure. Yeah, no, I like that. Get out to the bleachers, rip your shirt off, put ten beers in, start recording on your story, and, and put it absolutely. Right up, you know, live.
2: Yeah,
1: live. Just do Facebook live. That's not your story, not your story. Yeah.
2: <laughs> All right, Tyrone, close good, still, man. All right, so I'm gonna close it out with one last question for you, Mike. What's one piece of advice you'll give to those just starting their real estate career or transitioning roles into the industry?
1: You know what? Put together as many human beings, information as you can in one location, whether it's an Excel spreadsheet or somewhere else, Get their names, emails, phone numbers, address, as much information as you can. And just go crazy asking for it. Send them Facebook messages, send them text messages. If you have emails, get the rest of their information. Put it all together in one place and put a consistent plan to market to it. And I guarantee if you do this, you will succeed in this industry, even if you don't do anything else. And I will tell you the, why that's, I mean, any top Realtor is going to tell you the same thing, but it's, it's the one thing I think realtors don't do properly. And I can tell you firsthand, when I joined the industry, I did this hardcore. I went at it for years. Now I'm at a point where all I do is send one newsletter out a month. That is it. I don't send yeah. postcards. I don't call people. I don't text people. I literally send one newsletter out through MailChimp a month. It takes me 30 minutes to do, and I'm consistently selling five to $6 million a year, and I'm not trying to do that. I'm literally trying to pull back from selling. That's how powerful marketing to your database is, just doing it throughout your career. If you do that, if you do nothing else but that, there's no way you're going to fail in this industry.
0: Love it. Good stuff. Mike, thanks again for being a part of this, man. I know, like I said, I know you're busy guys. so can't thank you enough. Um, Got a lot of great stuff here for our listeners. And Tyrone,
1: you did an awesome job, man. Thanks again for uh, co-hosting with us. No problem. Thanks again. Hope you all have a good evening. Yeah. Thanks, guys. It was awesome. I appreciate the opportunity. Thanks, Quentin. Thanks, Tyrone. Thanks for spending time with us this week. You can catch up with YPN and
0: what we've got coming up next at chicagorealtor.com.